Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I got Brian Cushing getting me turned. So hey, yeah, no right. All right, listen, we've been having a little crosstalk here, but I need y'all to understand the degree to which everybody in here is ready, just absolutely, just, just turned up and ready to. We, this is morning, right? It was like eight in the morning, seven in Houston, and we are ready to go. This is the Believe in Ravens podcast, and we have some special guests from Houston: Harley Dugan, Ruben Calvillo on with Danny Wilcox and myself, Kyrie Thompson, because we have playoff football today mm. between the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. We were here Oof. 19 weeks ago, something like 19, to, for the season opener, and we're back. We are back again mm. for playoff football between two kind of unlikely teams, but two fun teams. First of all, how are all of you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I think this is the most exciting time it's been to ever be a Houston Texans fan. And today might be the biggest day in Houston Texans history, man. I am feeling excited. Seven in the morning here in H-Town, man. I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep till game time. Yeah, likewise over here, man. It's the same time. Same damn thing. You know, we're excited as hell. The city is buzzing. The crowd is excited. My whole timeline on Twitter was just, I don't know how we're going to sleep. I don't know how I'm going to sleep. We're excited for this game, man. Mm. Yeah, you already know how I feel, Kyrie. I'm about that I'm about that work, baby. I can't wait to get to this action, man. Um, you know, Baltimore is right where they're supposed to be, and Lamar is right where he's supposed to be. We're we about as tough as we've ever been at this moment, even losing some big powerhouses of players that we've lost this season that were not coming back. But we about as healthy as we've been in a long time, man. So – I'm excited about going into this playoff run. I can't wait to get this this thing started. Let's go, Houston, Baltimore. Let's go, baby. Turn up. Let's do it. Come That's on. what it is. And and look, again, to kind of point this out, man, to set the stage. So back in week one, it ended up being a pretty lopsided win in the Baltimore Ravens' favor. I think the Texans held held their ground pretty well for for week one and you know, being a very young team. And yeah, they, they you know the Ravens ended up pulling away late. I had to check and see what the score was because I don't remember offhand. But twenty-five to nine, I think. Okay, there we go. And and so I think they actually caused some problems a little bit for a Ravens offense. Though I think the other piece of context there though is that the Ravens offense it was the first time Lamar Jackson had played that year. He didn't play any preseason, um, and a lot of the starters had been kind of held out and then bringing along slowly just just playing in practice and then got the live bullets for the first time in week one. On the other hand, you had the Texans team that had been building and building and building because they hadn't played yet. You know, like a lot of there's young team, a lot of rookies, CJ Stroud getting his legs underneath them. Will Anderson jr. Getting his legs under him, a whole bunch of young players that you're trying to get to gel together. And to look at the, not quite the finished product, but look at, at, at the what the product has become since then for both teams is astonishing, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Texans, again, second worst record in football last year, and they, they won a playoff game. Not just won a playoff game, they, they beat ass, absolutely destroyed in, in week one. And, and now they are here in, in the divisional round of the playoffs facing 
the best team in, in the NFL, in the Baltimore Ravens, which, which, again, I think we had an inkling that it could get there. And so from that standpoint, it's not surprising that the Ravens are where they are. But again, the dominance that they've showed against teams that when they've been on their game has been impressive. First of all, I want to ask y'all, Harley Rubin, when you look back at, at week one to where we are now, what stands out to you the most about this Texans team? Where have they grown the most? I'll start. Uh, man, what they've grown the most and we can easily say C.J. Stroud, I mean, obviously. Um, but, you know, I'll take him out of this equation for my answer. Uh, I just think defensively this whole team has grown. You know, week one is entirely just like y'all. Week one compared to what week 20 now essentially is completely night and day. Y'all did not see a Blake Cashman in the season he's had. You have not seen the seasoned growth of Christian Harris. You know, you haven't seen now a really healthy Derek Stingley finally, who has gone through a whole season of everything. Will Anderson's thrown in there. This defense, along with the added depth of Derek Barnett, who's played really well for this Texans team, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, I mean, we didn't even know who he was, and all of a sudden he played really solid. Yeah, yeah, I know y'all do. Uh, well, yeah, he's funny because really he was with the Ravens for a minute, but he was yes. actually a Chicago Bear mm-hmm. for the majority mm-hmm. of his career. And I'm, I'm a you know Chicago land kid, so I, I've been watching a lot of DeAndre Houston Carson. He, it's so interesting, man, because I remember when he got picked up off waivers. Uh, he was with the Ravens for a minute. I was like, oh, interesting, like a. Um, you know, I think he like I was pretty sure he was going to make the roster because just mm. such a good special teams player. And then on top of that, a guy that can play solid football for you in, in a spot starting role. And he's on a playoff he's been team. Great. Yeah, he's been pretty great here, actually, surprisingly, um, in the absence of Jimmy Ward and him being placed on IR. Um, so, yeah, I would say these defense specifically is night and day different from week one to week whatever now the divisional round of the playoffs D'Amico's got them boys swarming he's got them humming they all believe in exactly what he preaches and it's the swarm mentality this whole team believes in that mentality and they're going to ride with D'Amico and CJ yeah for me it's this coaching staff um just to feed off of Harley D'Amico Ryans has his defense firing on all cylinders, right? He mentioned Barnett. We just picked him up a couple of weeks ago, now three and a half sacks with us. Desmond King, who wasn't on the roster in the beginning of the season, you bring him back and he's led your team in tackles the past two games. There was a clip that the NFL posted of D'Amico Ryans talking to his linebacker, Christian Harris, on what exactly he needed to do to pick off Joe Flacco. A couple of plays later, that's exactly what happens. That is greatness in your coaching staff, and it's year one. Then we go back to Bobby Slobick. We did not think this dude was going to be getting so many head coaching interviews in year one, but after C.J. Stroud came back from that concussion, you see the ball coming out quicker. You see the Houston Texans running the ball better. Our offensive line had its best performance all year last week against Miles Garrett, zero sacks, and only one QB hit early in the first quarter. This coaching staff, and it's our special teams coaching staff as well, Frank Ross, we are firing right now on all cylinders, 
And it is D'Amico Ryans. It's Bobby Slowick. These players are believing. There was also a clip where D'Amico was talking to his tight end, Dawson Schultz, about the meetings they had during the week and how they were just so good. He felt like everyone was locked in on Tuesday. CJ Stroud comes in and says, oh, you guys are talking about the meeting. Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. You know, everyone was locked in. This team is ready. And to them, it does not feel like they're in year one. To them, they're ready to compete right now there's this phrase going around where we got our op and once again the houston texans got an op today to shock the world and this is not our first playoff game to me this is our second because you had a win a win in your win in week 18 against indianapolis and then last week you just absolutely destroyed the number one defense and the comeback player of the year dude i'm feeling great i have to get i have to give a lot of credit to this coaching staff And you know what, Wilcox, we've talked about the importance of coaching and culture. And you've been in great locker rooms and you've probably been in locker rooms that were more like, "Eh, you know, it's all right. When you when you hear that, when you hear them talking about how locked in this team is from top to bottom, the coaching staff, the, the meetings and everyone being on the same page. What does that make you think about this team? I love it, man. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Kyle, that's exactly, exactly what I would have said. You know, Ruben, every single thing you said from front to end, even Harley, even you talking about the, you know, the kid, the next man up situation. I mean, hands down, that's exactly what I've seen out of Houston, man. It's been phenomenal. And what you cannot replace, you know, and it's, it's, it's so crazy, you know, being a former player and being a former coach and, you know, after retirement, going into coaching and stuff like that and, and, they really downplay like the years of playing experience that you have as a player when you come in as a coach. And it's the most irreplaceable thing in the absolute world. You know, D'Amico Ryan saying this should be a pick. If you just sit there and, and you just sit here in this spot, don't move and then jump it. As soon as he breaks, jump it. And he jumped that thing, man, pick it off and go six with it. You can't replace that. There's no coach that's never played this game is going to have that conversation with a player. That's a coach that's been there, a coach that's done it, a coach that understands the game. He's still youthful enough to know what it feels like to be in that spot and to understand to have a little bit of patience and not get any depth. And it'll give you an opportunity to pick it. And to see that kid respect him enough to do exactly what he was told in the middle of a game. I never had a head coach do that to me ever. I've never had a head coach that played receiver or tight end that was able to tell me how to do this route or whatever, you know, and how to come out of this break. Most of my coaches played other positions. If they did play, they did not play in the NFL at all. They didn't make it that far. And then they weren't able to give me that type of tip in the middle of a freaking game, man. Like I'm telling you right now, that's so huge. That's, that's, that's something that cannot be replaced. I love that for Houston. I love that for CJ Stroud. I love that for the Houston players, the defense, the offense. It is phenomenal to be in that situation. He also would sit there and tell the tight end, hey, man, you know, the hardest thing for me as a linebacker to do is when you catch that ball and put your foot in the background and go first right away as soon as you catch it. It's one of the hardest tackles in the world because how your body pivots and turns mm-hmm. and how it defeats my angles coming to you to make the tackle. It's a hard thing to do. You know, I got that from Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. okay? So if you can get that from your head coach, man, I'm telling you right now, dog, it's one of the most exhilarating special things that you can't that you could have in this league and that's probably to be honest with you two that's probably the only thing that scares me about this game 
That's All the, right, three thirty. Let's go. Three thirty. Let's go. <laughs> okay, I'm telling you, the coaching. I'm telling you, that's probably the only thing that scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like the Ravens got a got a really good coaching staff as well, and a couple Absolutely. of guys, Todd Munkin and Mike McDonald, that are getting head coaching looks. Then again, on the other side of things, you got Bobby Slowick getting head coaching looks over there too. You know, it's like, man, if he ended up being a one and done, that'd be something else. But I, I think what you're describing. That's why D'Amico Ryans has been on everybody's head coaching radar for years. Like, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me a bit of, of Gerard Mayo, the guy who just got hired for the New England Patriots, right? Is, though Mayo is, is relatively new to the coaching game. He only started coaching in 2019. But he's the kind of guy that everybody talked about when he was a player. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, when you retire, you're going you're gonna to be a head coach. We just know. Because the way you think the game. Right, the, the way that the way that you think the game, the way that you prepare, the way that people gravitate towards you, okay, the way that you go about your business, the way you relate to people, and, and I, I think that that's a that's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be smart, it's one thing to know the game, it, it's yeah. one thing to do all that preparation, but you have to be able to communicate it, you have to be able to relate to people, and just everything that I feel. Like I'm talking just like just straight aura. Everything I feel coming out of Houston is a team that communicates, a mm-hmm. team that gravitates toward one another, picks each other up. I mean, even starting with the young quarterback, right? C.J. Stroud, a guy who got crapped on coming into the draft because, oh, he didn't test so well on this on this one thing. Like, can he process the game? And, oh, he snubbed the Mannings for their passing camp and, and this, this, and this, right? The, the kind of stuff that everybody gets picked apart mm-hmm. when, when they're coming into the draft. we got to knock you down. You're not that great coming into the league. And everything that, that – I'm not surprised. Everything that people thought about this kid, all the flaws that they thought he would have, is just wrong. Mm. Like, he, he's, he's playing at, at an unprecedented level, really, for, for a rookie quarterback to be doing this kind of thing. But again, a lot of that just comes down to the Texans and, and maybe some of the, their hand was just like kind of forced because they couldn't take Bryce Young. But they took him. They believed in him. They got him a coach and a staff that believed in him that helped him play and, and adjust to the NFL game because it is different. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I mean, I just I'm really happy for this team. I'm not going to be happy for them necessarily if they win this game, but I feel happy for this team. So now that we talked about back then and we kind of gone there to now, let's talk about the now. Mm. Okay. So Wilcox, you mentioned that the coaching is the one thing that scares you about the Houston Texans. Can I clarify that though? Can I clarify that? Yeah, let's clarify it. When I'm when I'm saying that I'm, I'm talking about coming from the head coach standpoint, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. taking anything away from John Harbaugh. You know, he's a special teams player yeah. for a long time in this league. He's phenomenal. But for that to come down from your head coach, he's not afraid to talk to any of those players. And what you get in position coaches, they ain't gonna go outside of their realm if they're not coaching in their position, right? You know, now the Ravens, they got my ex-teammate now. He my well, I can't even say my ex-teammate, my former teammate, right? Anthony Weaver on the D-line. You know, he's an absolute dog. He was up for head coach's position, too, as well. I can't forget my dog, Anthony Weaver. You know, then our quarterback coach is T. Martin. Now, it's not it's not slip. You know, we ain't no punks over here either. You know, mm-hmm. so we got T. Martin at the quarterback coaching job. And then my other dog, straight from the A, you know, Chuck Smith, 
he's out there with my D-line boys too, you know. So we gonna we, we got some guys back there as well. I see Willie Taggart on came on, on staff as well, man. So we got we got some guys, man, that's that's on our side of the ball that's gonna help our guys individually in their position positions to allow those to have those same situations. And that's why you see our guys playing at such a high level on defense mm-hmm. right now, number one defense in the league right now. And you know, we're gonna continue to decline. You know, Houston has some huge heels to climb, you know, coming into the city of Baltimore, into the bank, into the bank stadium against this fan base, man. It's one of the most electrifying stadiums you've ever been in. And I played for the Bucks, I played for the Jets, and I played in every stadium in the world. Um, and I'm telling you right now, the the Seahawks facility is, is probably second to none, you know. But the Baltimore Ravens fan base, let these guys get a, a, a touchdown or two over you. They're going to shut it down. It's, there ain't nothing you can – you're going to be able to hear anything. It's going to be silent count the rest of the game. You're going to see guys jumping off sides, making mistakes. And then you're going to see the the, the raw immaturity of, of some of the guys that you guys have on your squad that are playing right now. It's going to come into fold. You will see that. If mm-hmm. the Ravens get up two touchdowns, they're going to pin their ears back. They're going to come out to C.J. Stroud hard. Mm-hmm. And ain't nothing nobody going to be able to do to stop. You know, so it's going to be an interesting thing. It's going to be a very interesting game to see. You know, and I, I, the way Houston played Cleveland last week, I'm telling you right now, they would be a fool not to try to do the exact same thing to Lamar Jackson. You don't want him to get comfortable at all back there. Mm-hmm. You send blitzes every opportunity you can. If you beat me, you beat me by getting that one-on-one matchup, and your guy is better than my guy. And we got some guys that mm-hmm. could be better than your guys, if you know what I mean. You know, some OBJs, some Zay Flowers, you know, some Aguilar's. Mm-hmm. OBJ Mark, Mark Andrews. <laughs> Mark Andrews back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Isaiah Eichley. You know, absolute dog from day one. And, uh, you know, we got a couple of running backs that y'all might know, too. You know, mm-hmm. Gus Edwards, you know, Justice Hill. We just signed a new kid. I don't even know who that is. Dalvin Cook, man. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. 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 And then we're talking about in the second and third quarter, dude. This it offense bores me. That offense bores me. Oh, There's only love. one man offensively that stirs that drink, and it's Lamar, Lamar, Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Ain't nobody so else scare me. Yeah, see, see, that's the thing. Here's the thing. He's off and I, we stuff. talked about this on our show <laughs> when the San Francisco 49ers game came around, mm-hmm. right? The San Francisco 49ers are stacked at mm-hmm. so many positions. And they got Brock Purdy playing like M- MVP level football, all that good stuff. And you look at and on paper, right? You look at the, the skill positions and say the Ravens are better than what they've mm-hmm. been. But you you could you could say that you could be like oh you know, Lamar Jackson eh, you know what it's like basically that's it that's the offense is Lamar Jackson making everybody better mm-hmm. and they went out and they hosed to the best team in the NFC not just because of the defense but because the 49ers the best team in the NFL or the best team in the NFC I should say mm-hmm. couldn't stop that one dude mm-hmm. and so you could say it like that. His offense, you know, bores me and nobody – I'm not worried about nobody but Lamar. The problem is, can't nobody stop Lamar. And then when you're so focused on Lamar, that's when the other guys start stepping up. And, yeah, it's not like they've got another guy that's out there going out for 1,500 receiving yards. But I'll tell you this, get Zay Flowers in space, can't nobody tackle that guy, mm-hmm. right? Isaiah likely started coming on. In Mark Andrews' absence, Mark Andrews isn't going to play, so that's another thing that that works in Houston's favor. But 
Isaiah likely has been playing good football. I think Rashad Bateman has been coming along and being a bit more reliable than he was early in the season. So I'm just saying, you know, one thing I'm going to be really curious about, and I'd be interested in your opinions on this, Harley Rubin, you know, Derek Stingley has been following around some of the top receivers on other teams. I wonder who he would follow or how they're going to play that when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Are they just going to have him stand on the side and just take whoever comes around? They're going to have him situationally follow guys. I'm curious about that. What do you think is going to happen? No, no, no. Let's go. You got. Uh, so to be honest, so it's always been with D'Amico, and he mentioned it um, whenever we played the Browns the first time, Week 16. It's always been they just stay on their side, you know. And I'm glad we don't play poker with D'Amico Ryan's. Because he absolutely lied leading up to the Browns wild card game, you know, because he said exactly it was going to be the same way. And nope, Derek Stingley shaded Amari Cooper, followed him around 80% of the snaps. All right. He was all over Amari Cooper, absolutely locked him down. There was never a matter of his ability, it was his durability. And Derek Stingley, there is a reason why he was drafted higher than Ahmad Sauce Gardner, because he is better than Sauce Gardner. He is. And I, I could say that with a bunch of confidence. And I know Sauce Gardner is an all-pro cornerback. I get it. And, and good for for good reason. Maybe not this year, but for good reason last year. You know, so Derek Stingley, as long as he is healthy, he is one of the best cornerbacks to be playing right now in the NFL. He will show that again next year, again, if healthy. So when you go into this game, will they shade or not? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, just when I look at Zay Flowers, he's averaged about eight to 12 yards a catch, you know, in terms of yardage. And so I'm like, well, do they never they haven't really like, I mean, when I go back to the first game, yes, Zay Flowers was used a little bit. But again, it's tough to decipher a lot from that first game just because y'all were just a young and up and coming offense with Todd Monken. Now y'all got a whole season of him. If Derek Stingley. If he's going to follow anybody, to me, in my opinion, it would be Zay Flowers. He would get that Derek Stingley allocation to him um, because I'm just I'm not worried about Odell Beckham Jr. He didn't do nothing for me week one. He hasn't done nothing for me the whole year. Uh, Rashad Bateman is a solid wide receiver. That's one that I am like, mm, OK, because Desmond King is as fantastic as Ruben said he was at the same time. You, you're, you're still trying to squeeze that what whatever juice you got out of him. And you, the, the, I mean, it's it's going on empty at this point. He isn't the greatest nickel corner. He does his job. OK, it's decent. But last week we saw Derek Stingley follow Amari Cooper and Steven Nelson follow David and Joku. And yeah, and David and Joku had a solid game against us. Tight ends have been the biggest weak link to this Texans defense. I do. See, that's why I am happier that Mark Andrews is not playing for this game just because we don't have to worry about the mm -hmm. dual tight end situation between him and Isaiah Likely, who Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, I remember him a few years ago. I really, really enjoyed uh, Isaiah Likely. So he was really solid tight end there. But yeah, basically, I don't know if the Houston Texans are going to stay with the same uh what they did last week against the Cleveland Browns. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure just because we haven't seen it all year. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the first time we saw it really. 
And so there's no guarantee it happens again, but it worked pretty darn good. And if anyone you're going to want to shut down, obviously you're not going to shut down Lamar. You can only contain him. There's no shutting down a player of that you know, caliber. You can only contain him. In regards to week one, I thought the Houston Texans did a pretty solid job, especially in the first half. Second half, you know, hey, things happened, things got away from you. The Ravens are the better team, right? In the first in that first game. So that that was yeah. an easy one. But Texans did a good job containing Lamar. Is if you can take away anyone else on that offense, it would be Zay Flowers. And then try to generate the pressure and try to do what you can, you know, to make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable. So I, I don't know how to answer that question, really. <laughs> well, how about how about a different question? So let's mm. go ahead and, and start wrapping this up. And let me ask you this. We all know who <laughs> thinks who is going to win this game, mm -hmm. most likely. So I'm going to ask you why. Why? Danny Wilcox, are the Baltimore Ravens going to win this game? I think it's it's the rest. It's the combination of the rest that you had this time. And I think before this year, you know, I, I told you all year long, Kyrie, this first round by is like a death sentence. I, don't, I hate it. You know, you have to sit out two weeks, and now you got to sit back and watch for us for three weeks because we didn't even play our guys the last game against Pittsburgh. You know, so it, it, it brings in a rust factor and a not hot factor. Houston is hot right now, right? So that makes you want to bite your nails and have to go get a pedicure, you know. But at the end of the day, I think we're the better squad right now. I believe in my heart that we're the better squad right now. I think we're going to be better prepared for this game than Houston will be. And I think they're going to come in this game thinking they're going to be able to do some new things and, and kind of throw some wrinkles in there that we haven't seen. But unfortunately, I think we've seen it all. You know, we've seen every single wrinkle you could possibly throw. Why? Because we got a Lamar Jackson back there. You know, everybody thinks they, they could figure out what to do to stop this guy. So – what, what happens in this league is every coaching staff goes back and say, all right, what game Lamar had a bad game on? And they watch that game and they watch the next bad game or whatever. And what, what's been happening this season and this all this season, and I just want everybody to hear this, you know, there was a slow start by the Baltimore Ravens because we sucked all the preseason, right? So our first game was our first, was our first preseason game, you know, against Houston. That was really our first game that we got a chance to step to get in and actually play some official reps. But I've been saying this. You know, a lot, and I've been thinking about. I want everybody to hear it, man, because um, with the, Lamar Jackson has literally tried to be patient all year long. He's been patient all year long. He has not been trying to literally just take over a game. Mm. Everything is on the line right now. Every absolutely thing is on the line right now. You lose, you go home. It ain't no more saving anything. You will see the best version of Lamar that you've ever seen in your life this point moving forward he's going to do everything in his power to be the best the best version of him that you've ever seen and then when you look at this this he's never had a team like this even her obj say this is the best team he's ever been on ever like ever been on get the super bowl team with the rams all that stuff this is the best team i've ever been on so now he has weapons to go along with his athletic ability with his maturity with his I don't have to take over every game because I got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Let me get the ball in their hands. Let them go do their work. When they can do their work, you're going to see that magician come out. You're going to see who going to, you're going to be like, who was that match man? And it's mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson. All right. So in my mind, I don't care what happens, what Houston come here think they're going to do. We got Lamar Jackson game over. 
Well said. All right. Gentlemen, Harley, Ruben, last word to y'all. Why are the Houston Texans going to win this game today? Ruben, you want to go with that one? The Houston Texans are going to win this game because of just one guy, Coleridge Bernard Stroud of the fourth. It's been that way all year for CJ. Not only is he the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen, he is the best quarterback playing football right now. I will take CJ Stroud right now over Lamar Jackson. I'll tell you why the Houston Texans are going to win as well. One in three. That's awesome. One in three in the playoffs and you have not put up 20 points in each of those four games all the pressure was on the baltimore ravens the houston texans have an opportunity tomorrow to cripple your guys's fan base if the houston texans walk in tomorrow and win you are going to hear can lamar get it done is he the guy we've been hearing those conversations since he was a rookie can he perform in the postseason and what you've seen from cj stroud is no matter how bright the lights are, this young man is going to rise to the occasion and ball out. Mr. Wilcox brought out the fact that the starters haven't played football in damn near 21 days. That rust is going to show uh, tonight, and the Houston Texans have showed that they are willing to take a shot right out the gate. One play, 75 yards against the Colts, our first offensive play to, to get a touchdown. Against the Browns, a deep shot to Nico Collins early in the first quarter to set up a field goal. The Houston Texans are not playing football afraid. They are going after every single team that's in front of them. And, dude, this defense is locked in right now. They are swarming. You are seeing an emergence in Christian Harris. You are seeing an emergence in Will Anderson Jr. And Hardy brings up Derek Stingy and how much of a fantastic job he's done all season. I said he was a top five corner all the way back when he had two interceptions against the Denver Broncos. Derek Stingy has his own play, his own play where the Houston Texans set up an interception and he shows elite ball skills, elite closing speed, elite hands. Guys, we're not supposed to be here. And we said this all the way back in week one to y'all. We are not supposed to be here. No one's expecting the Houston Texans team to do anything different, but we have. And I've seen your quarterback on rest. He didn't look good in week one. Now, it's week one. It is week one. Two entirely different teams. But the Houston Texans are going to win today 28-20 to with C.J. Stroud leading the way. Look, that's a lot of fighting words right there. You know, I I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm going to respond. I'm just going to let the game happen. But also, I just no, want to Kyle, say you, this. You, you got to jump in and talk about our defense, Kyle. You got to say something now. He's talking like his defense. Talk your stuff. Ruben, shut up. Talk your shit, Kyle. I mean, I'm say this. Just saw a statistic that said, and and I mean, you know, keep keep this keep this in mind that the that the Texans are probably gonna have this. Is part of their game plan, but the Ravens are the best defense in football against non-play action passes. So keep keep that gentleman out of third and long. That's all I got to say. Because because if it because if it's a straight up passing down, gonna have some problems probably. But the other thing I'm gonna say is other thing I'm gonna say is look, if your name is Coleridge Bernard, I mean you better ball like that 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 is like the old school like 
baller name, like the most old school baller name I ever heard. Like I, I, I want him to go by Coleridge more often. I'm not even going to lie. I'm calling him Rev in a couple of years. I mean, my, my goodness, it's 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 gonna be like that phase that I went through where I was where I was just like Quintoris Lopez Jones. I'm not even refer. I'm I'm not referring to this name by by Julio. He is Quintoris. Lopez Jones because he was out there just doing some wild stuff and it's like sometimes you've got to say a man's name fully you know it's like you got to enunciate it but listen Harley why why the Texans going to win this game you know to put into Ruben's uh point of rust factor right um and it's something that the Houston Texans have to take advantage of they've done very well starting off games real hot you know, especially the last two weeks with the Colts and the Browns, you know. So if they come out and they have to come out, they got to punch the Ravens right in the mouth. They got to. They got to get a lead early on because you can't you, – you just – you can't expect the the Ravens – you can't expect them to be rusty. You got to go in there and punch them in the mouth, and they're going, okay, shit, all right, all right. It's a little blood, all right, no problem. You know, taste some blood before it's no problem. The Ravens know what smash smash mouth football is like. They've played in the AFC North. The AFC North is no stranger to smash mouth football. So That's they are going to be ready for this game. The Texans are going to be ready for this game. They played the Steelers. They played the Bengals. They played hell. The Browns now have gotten back up into swings. However, you know, even though the Browns are still bleeding from last week, so you know the Houston Texans definitely have someone as well. You know. Dan Wilcox mentioned they got Lamar Jackson game over. We got CJ Stroud checkmate. Mm. All right. That, 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 that's what I'm going to say because CJ Stroud, as much as Ruben called him a rookie, he is not a rookie. He has the mannerisms of a veteran. He is unflappable. He is a stone cold killer. Nothing, nothing whatsoever threw him off in that Browns game. The Browns are beating us 14 to 10, by the way. They were matching us serve, serve. It was just even serve. And C.J. Stroud's just like like this, real nice, cool, calm, collective, cool, calm, collective, just doing his thing, going out there and slicing and dicing one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, they held Miles Garrett to zero sacks. They've held T.J. Watt to zero sacks. They've held numerous defensive lines in the NFL to below two sacks. So this Ravens defensive line, as much as I am scared in the interior, but our interior has gotten a lot better. With Juice Scruggs, even though he's a rookie, has played absolutely fantastic. Michael Dieter has been okay. And Shaq Mason has been absolutely fantastic. This offensive line has been doing their thing. And the Houston Texans have an opportunity, as D'Amico Ryan says, an opportunity to go shock the world and beat the number one seed. And I absolutely believe in my bones that the Houston Texans get this W. They get this upset. And like Ruben's point, it's not even fighting words. It's actually the truth. Because if y'all lose this game, y'all know, man, the conversation's going to be around, well, can Lamar, you know, can he play him? Is he good enough to play in the playoffs and whatnot? But to put Ruben's point even further, he is better than Lamar Jackson. You know why? Because what? if there's any, if there's a minute left in football game in the fourth quarter, what? There's a minute left, 58 seconds left. Hell, we saw it with 46 seconds left here with C.J. Stroud against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We what? saw it over here. 
if there's anyone that I want with the football in their hands with about 50 seconds left in the game, it's C.J. Stroud. That's who I want. And it's not even a factor of Lamar Jackson, actually. To me, I still don't understand why the Ravens have not added more weapons for this man. I still don't understand it. And at the end of the day, there is a lack of weapons offensively for the Baltimore Ravens. Let's not have Lamar Jackson stir the drink every single time. Get some more guys for that, young man. Look what y'all did right now. There is so much to improve for this Ravens offense. So I expect some now. But at the end of the day, the Houston Texans are going to get this dub. They're going to be chanting one name and one name only. Because all of the city of Houston, they're going to be riding. They love to ride into the road. And they go into Baltimore, and they're going to be chanting one name, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. You know, when it comes down to in the fourth quarter, I just want to say the guy on the other side got himself 10 game-winning drives. So mm. let's let's take it easy How about on, in all the playoffs? That, on all that. I like C.J. Stroud, too. Yeah. But but – the Ravens got three, huh? a magic man, and I'm and I, I'm I'm just one gonna leave three. it at this. I'm gonna leave Let it me ask you, 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 you could talk. You could talk about one and three in the postseason. Same amount of wins as C.J. Stroud in the playoffs. You could you could you could talk about <laughs> one and three all you want. That's crazy. You could you could talk about oh yeah if the, if this happens then uh, you know the Raven you know are they gonna have all these questions about Lamar? Yeah, they are. But I think I think this version of Lamar Jackson is not. <laughs> gonna let y'all have that conversation today he is not gonna let y'all have this conversation today anything you hear about this man is that the urgency is paramount he knows what the narrative is already in the back of his head bro that's he, what i'm saying no but no but that's no you don't understand it's not like that it's not oh it's in the back of his head he's nervous it it's in the back of his head like i'm gonna change this I'm going I'm to make you talk about something else. And that's greatness. That's greatness. When you can have all that in your head and say, I I am the man. And mm. I'm going to make you talk about something else. And I believe Lamar Jackson is going to do that today. Now, I got to go get ready for my kid's birthday party, which is going to be <laughs> happening at the same time as this football game. Oh, I sorry. will make sure the brewery has it on in the background because oh, it's no. a must. Okay. But I'm so glad we were able to get together and do this, y'all. I mean, it's been so fun watching this journey happen for the mm -hmm. two of y'all. I know y'all believe in the Texans. We believe in the Ravens. I happen to believe that we're going to be right. Mm. But one way or another, it's wonderful having y'all again. And good luck to y'all no matter what happens tonight. Yeah, good luck yeah, to y'all. Y'all about, yeah. about to be glad we ran out of time. Because I was about to get in on y'all just now. But y'all like two bad girlfriends, though. Always bring up old uh, shit. Well, I mean, okay. Always so bring up old shit. Just because a man wanted to isn't the old shit factual? No, it's not. When you look back at the offense and the offense quarter that man had, everybody, man, come on, man. Coach was not a factor. Let me just have this whole talk about coaching being a factor. Yes, then y'all had like coaching and a factor all of a sudden because didn't he have, have John Harbaugh before? Job. This bro, he had, he's he, had gonna... he had John Harbaugh before, but who was the OC? Greg Roman, right? It wasn't just Todd Monkey. All right, it's a new day. It's a new time. We coming for y'all. We'll see y'all at four thirty Eastern. All right, let's go. All right, Greg Roman. Let's go. Let's go. Happy birthday, baby Kyrie. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.